This one, I think, will not take long. I had not actually planned on sending something out today, but just decided to spur the moment. It's, it's quite personal. Um, and the primary thought that I received today, I'll tell you right now, and that is, uh, don't focus on what you can get out of your work. Focus on what you can give to it. So if you don't have much time, you can cycle off right now, but I will tell you a little bit more from a personal perspective. There are seasons in life, in our lives, sometimes when things are going better and then other times when things are painful, circumstances arise that are painful. I don't need to go into details, not mind to tell, but that will sometimes prompt me to have to think through what sorts of things shall I do? What sorts of things shall I not do? What kind of things, if I do them, might create harm or stir up trouble? And um, so that journey and thinking, no, maybe I shouldn't do that, can easily prompt a kind of self-pity or martyrdom in me. And I'm particularly skilled at those dynamics. I remember Pete Wagner from Fuller said one time, uh, he would talk a lot about spiritual gifts. And in the great love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, it talks some about gifts. Though I have the gift of tongues, can speak in the tongues of men and of angels, or have the gift of faith, or the gift of knowledge, but have not love. And one of them is if I give my body to be burned. And so Pete Wagner said, based on that, some people believe that there is a spiritual gift of martyrdom, but that's the gift that you can only use one time. No, uh, no, 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 no. I've used the gift, spiritual gift of martyrdom many, many, many times. Poor me. Um, so I can be thinking about that and um, tempted just to go down that road and, and be gripped by that in real deep ways. Probably don't surprise you if you know me, um, but I can feel myself held by them. And then um, God can give just helpful thoughts. And I was reading a passage where Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians, and in the second chapter, talks about how he was with them. And he said, I wasn't with you in order to uh, please people. And I wasn't there with uh, kind of thinly veiled greed. And I wasn't there to build up my reputation to get praise. And I thought, how deep those motivations are within me. They are very deep, and I keep finding them. And one of the gifts about going through something kind of difficult is that I can recognize once again, oh, if I'm, if I got to let go of that, really, that's what I'm concerned about is I got to let go of um, having people approve of what I'm doing or winning reputation or not even very thinly veiled greed. And then Paul says, I was among you like a nursing mother. And I think about how, what a tender image that is and for it's not just a parent, it's a mom, and not just a mom, but a nursing mother. A nursing mother is in pain if she's not able to nurture, to give to her child. And for Paul, it was that way. And then he has this line, I think it's in verse 8, that I loved many, many years ago when I was first finishing up in grad school, where he says, uh, so deep was our love for you, my love for you, that we were pleased to share with you not just the gospel, but our very lives, our very souls. And that picture of not just being at a place where you can teach people or talk with people, but wanting them to know you deeply, wanting to do things together, wanting to talk, wanting to share things at the level of soul is such a beautiful picture. 
And I have often felt like I know other people who do that so much better than I do and wish I could do it better. And, uh, and then was given that gift to remember again, John, as you think about your work, don't ask what you're going to get out of it. Ask what you can give to it. Because that's what matters. And when you get to the end of your life, that's what you look, will look back on well. And it sounds strange to say that this is where this is quite personal. And mostly for those of you that uh, tune in kind of regularly and are kind of part of this community, um, what I felt like was God has given me strangely the gift of kind of being able to pastor or shepherd or teach or something, this little flock of us. And sometimes to talk with some of you and sometimes to hear back from some of you, I heard from a friend today who told me about how something that we talked about here, really from Jesus and then pretty much from Dallas. So I was way down the line of distribution, but something helped him and I knew that it really was helpful. And what I, it just made me want to tell you in some strange way, I need you. And I don't mean that you should tune in out of a sense of obligation at all. I think it taps into something deep in all of us about this need to be needed. It is a very vulnerable feeling. I, the, the thought that came was a movie you might have seen many years ago with Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus called What About Bob? And Bob is this you know, unbelievably neurotic character whose basic motto for life is, I need, I need, I need, I need. And I remember reading many years ago, a book by great Old Testament scholar, Hans Walter Wolf, uh, Old Testament anthropology. What does it mean to be human? What are the parts of a person? And when he got to the word nefesh, soul, he said that reflects needy man. The soul by its very nature um, is not something that brings a lot of energy or strength. Our spirit can, our will can, but the soul reflects our deep neediness before God. And I thought that's, that's my journey. Uh, and to be able somehow to do ministry out of neediness and to keep being brought back to it and somehow find in my need for God, there is a foundation for life that is more secure than any circumstance. And anytime circumstances start to get shaky again, and sometimes they do, it brings me back to where can I find a place to stand? And then it's, oh yes. And ironically, paradoxically, somehow in my neediness, I am brought back to firmer ground than in my strength. I was thinking also in the movie, what about Bob? Uh, He starts with this little kind of self-help baby step approach to therapy. He ends up with death therapy. That's where the movie ends up, death therapy. And that's kind of where Paul ends up. For you died. For you died. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. And Jesus himself, we are reminded this time of year, on the Thursday of what is called Holy Week, sometimes called Maundy Thursday, from the Latin word that's involved in serving and washing, because that's what he did. Just saw there was this need, and I could help you with this. I loved you so much that I longed to be with you like a nursing mother, like a foot-washing servant. So thank you that we get to be doing life together, Thank you that we get to learn from each other and somehow uh, 
where two or three of us are gathered somehow, somehow, even electronically, Jesus is present. Thank you that we learn together that out of death comes life. And today, as you walk through the day, whatever it is that you have to do, don't ask yourself, what can I get out of this? Just, what can I give to it? But we loved you so much that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel, but our very lives. Hi, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us here at Become New. We hope that these videos help you to grow spiritually one day at a time. If you'd like to find more resources, you can go to our website, becomenew.com. There you can sign up for the daily emails that go along with each video. You can access our full library of videos there. And you can let us know if you're interested in some of the upcoming leadership resources that we're working on right now. If you've got a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. You can text us that request at 855-888-0444. Our team meets daily Monday through Friday to pray for those requests. And so thanks for letting us come alongside you in your spiritual growth journey. We'll see you next time.